Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the Rotten Reviews Podcast. On uh, tonight's episode, we are talking about Neon Maniacs. This was a a blind pick for uh, the episode. Um, It's another 2B free-to-watch movie. Uh, It's from 1986 and it's an hour and 31 minutes long. It actually surprisingly has a 5 an even five score on IMDb out of 10. Um, it's a different movie. Um, a group of teenagers in San Francisco um, discover a nest of homicidal monsters living in a tower of the Golden Gate Bridge. That's what the one description on IMDb says. They don't really find the nest. Uh, they, uh, one of the kids, Paula, finds the nest later on, but essentially um, the girls are, this girl's out at a party and a bunch of uh, water-soluble monsters that we find out later on uh start attacking all her friends and she's the only one left alive and then for the, the whole movie they're stalking her uh, i'm not sure how they know where she's going everywhere seeing uh once daylight comes out they go back into a little hole in the golden gate bridge and don't come out and if it's raining they don't come out either so i'm not sure how they're keeping track of her but let's just go with it i guess because it's it's a very unique movie you're telling me that these things are inside the golden gate bridge one Two, that they only come out at night. That they're responsible for the death of 15 or more kids and three of my police officers. <laughs> Let me ruin your evening, the stranger said to me. Your new lover, my old there you lover. Are. Come on, Sue, it's playing. They think they're going to live forever. What are you doing? But they're in for a terrible surprise. Now, there are 12 new reasons to be afraid of the dark. And every one of them is a killer. Introducing, in diabolical order, Axe, Hangman, Doc, Biker, Slash, Juice, Samurai, Mohawk, Archer. 
soldier. These are the neon maniacs. They live so others may die. Neon Maniacs. Uh, the movie starts out with this gentleman who's fishing in the dead of night. We just see the silhouette of him, and you can tell he's fishing underneath the bridge. Uh, he's getting ready to walk home, and on his walk home uh, in the dark, it's v- this movie is very dark. Uh, very low budget. You're not going to expect you know anything amazing out of this one. Um, the, the creature effects, I'm going to call them freaks, uh, is actually pretty well done. I will admit, there is pretty well done. I just wish there was more of a story-driven or more a cohesive story than what we got. Uh, but yeah, he's on his walk home and he looks down the ground and then there's like this bull cow sk- skull and then on the back of it there's like this black package and he's op- he looks at the package, pulls it out of the skull and it's like a collection of monster Polaroid cards. Like they have their own trading card series. Um, this is all, this, this is them. Uh, it's like they essentially they took selfies of on a Polaroid and put it inside the skull head and it's like, hey, I hope someone picks this up because when they do, we're going to take our axe and we're going to murder that guy and then that guy's going to give out the worst scream I have heard in a movie in a long, long time. It, it's it's up there. It's really, it's really bad. Then uh, the music comes on, uh, the intro music. It's a very upbeat. I almost feel like we're going to be on a sitcom TV show now. It's very upbeat, happy, and all that kind of crap. Uh, it doesn't fit the movie at all. Uh, we don't know what we're getting into. We have no idea what we're getting into. And then we see this man jogging down the street with his dog. Uh, he's one of the main characters of this movie. Uh, his name is Steve. Uh, and then his dog runs off and jumps into this van that's parked on the side of the road because the guy stops to go get some beers at the store and he leaves all his buddies inside and the girl girl in the passenger seat has the door open. So the dog jumps in, starts, you know, looking at her. You know, man's best friend, wingman, all. Uh, but that's when we find out they're all kind of friends. They all go to the same school. They all go to high school. But sounds what, but they all look way too goddamn old to go to high school. But that's a typical thing in these kind of movies. Uh, the kids don't look like they fit the age uh, at all, or the actors, I should say, don't look like they fit as kids. But uh, we'll just roll with it because that's a pretty common thing in movies. Uh, and then the girl who we find out later is Nally. Um, she's like, well, "What's your dog's name?" And he's just like, "Dog." I was gonna call him Cat, but I thought that'd be too weird. Uh, he's a class clown, clearly. He's a comedy guy. And I wish the story was more based on him than her. I just feel like it'd be a little bit more cohesive and well-driven because he he seems like a decent actor and a a decent character uh more or less than her you know running off and screaming and crying and all that other bullshit that girls do in horror movies when they're you know the weak character uh but then once they drive off uh he pets his dog and calls it elvis so i don't know if he was just trying to say the name was dog just to try and you know pick her up and be cute and funny but yeah it was it is what it is and then we see this other kid um she's younger than our other two main characters uh, and she wants to be a, definitely like a screenwriter director she wants to be in the movie business because she's making that's what she does she makes little little homemade movies and she's trying on some vampire fangs for her next movie that she's going to be shooting the next day and her name is paula and she she looks like she's probably like 12 i don't, I don't know i don't know how old she is because the other ones look like they're like 18 at least but maybe that's just my opinion i'm not good at guessing ages i don't know i'm not an expert like that and then we cut to another scene where we see the kids from the van they're all you know in the woods partying by the bridge you know drinking probably having unprotected sex in the woods you know whatever could go wrong there i'm sure nothing goes wrong uh if you know any horror movies you know things are going to go wrong then we see the the shadow figures start moving through the woods and one of them is walking with what looks to be a fucking harpoon gun um i don't know what the hell is going on
going on here. Uh, but one also has uh, a lasso. Uh, this is where the movie gets really weird because these freaks that live in the Golden Gate Bridge, they're all fucking different in the sense that uh, one's a cowboy kind of looking character. There's like a Robocop. There's a samurai. There's a caveman. Later on in the movie, we see like a mummy. There's an Indian. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. Why? I, re- I really don't. I don't. I don't have any idea as to what they thought would make this good. Like, it's, they're like the hills have eyes, freaks, but they're all from a different time zone and part of the world. Because, like I said, one's a caveman, one's an Indian, and then you got this other one who's a, a, a mad doctor who actually knows how to use chloroform. And then you got an army guy later on in the movie that has an AK or some kind of assault rifle. Uh, it's just weird. It's really weird. And then they hear this. Then the the group of kids, while they're partying, they hear this weird ass scream, like a dog dying or something dying. Uh, it's kind of like a, a one of the freaks yelling or mating calls, for all I know. And uh, the kids are just like, ah, you hear that? Ah, it's probably nothing. Uh, no, it, it's not probably nothing. If it's, it's the middle of night, it's probably midnight. It's really dark. Uh, you hear the scream of someone that sounds like they're getting murdered. And you're just going to say that's nothing? Alright, we'll go with it. Let me see this creature walking across. And uh, this one is uh, this one doesn't have a harpoon gun. He's got like a, a western lasso. And uh, what the fuck are you going to do with that? Oh, okay, I get what you're going to do. You're going to wrap it around someone's throat and hang them from a tree. Uh, this movie's weird. It's weird really weird now at this point we see that there's more than one freak because uh, at first i thought maybe the one with the lasso was also the one with the harpoon gun but no it's not there's there's probably like f- six of them in the woods walking uh walking through and no one's no one's noticed them yet uh anyways this one guy's you know getting a little sucky sucky action uh when the person doing the sucky uh gets her head cut off and he doesn't realize that at first He's kind of just like, oh, why'd you stop? Uh, yeah, because there's no body attached to that head. That That's why they stopped. And then it's just really fast kills. There's nothing really really to it at all. Also, one one of the freaks looks like he's a biker. Because later on, he is actually a biker. Because he breaks into a building riding a bike. And then literally wraps a chain around someone's throat. And drags them off. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself like I always do. But this movie's really got my mind baffled. Anyways, and then at this point, we see, you know, because it can't get any weirder. We see a, a samurai freak uh and by samurai i mean he's got full samurai outfit from head to toe samurai sword and everything um you can clearly tell he's a samurai even in the bad horrible lighting in the darkness that it is the silhouette of him is iconic that goes with any kind of samurai but anyways the samurai guy is fighting one of the teenagers who's been throwing like these little firecrackers behind him just because he's got nothing better to do he's standing up against a tree and just throwing firecrackers behind him like an asshole to try and scare the girls um, but yeah, he decides he's going to fight the samurai guy with a, a flare and kind of like holds a flare out on him. And then the samurai guy's like, nah, dude, I'm gonna, just going to cut your arm off. And, uh, that, that ends him. Then we have the jock guy who is the driver of the van who does not like Steve. We, we see that earlier because he's making fun of him when he's coming out of the, uh, convenience store. Uh, he decides he's going to throw the football at the freak because he just thought it was some, some people playing around. Uh, one of the freak has, has a bow and arrow and shoots that football rail midair. So he's like, oh. 
you want to play rough, do you? Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna die. There's nothing else to it. Uh, I'd like to mention that these freaks, like I said, they're all from different like time periods and parts of the world. You know, so they're they're equipped to kill at any point in time in any time period in the world. So this movie could have been like time splitting and stuff, and they'd still be good. They'd still be good to go because anywhere they go, they're gonna have one freak that's gonna have an advantage and this weird alien dog dinosaur creature thing that has one eye by the looks of it and has like a hook for a hand uh we see him a couple times it's it's unique i just wish it was better written it's lacking in that sense then we see uh, our girl, our main actress, Natalie. Uh, she's the last lonely survivor because she was sitting in the van, kind of moping it up. Uh, and she hears everyone, you know, starting to scream and die. So she kind of looks out and she's like, oh no, you guys are all dying. I'm going to lock myself in the van, but I don't have the keys. And that's when we then see there's more freaks, you know, surrounding, surrounding the van. And we see this like cave guy jump up on the van, break the windshield and... You know, they're starting to shake the van. Uh, she locks all the doors, though. And then they just randomly stop attacking her. And then she thinks, oh, I'm safe. And then a hand comes through the roof. And then they decide, oh, no, you know, gotcha, bitch. We're going to try and tip over the van on you. And then they stop doing that, and they instantly disappear. And then we see the door handle moving on the van a bit. And it opens, and then there's two cops looking in, like, are you in trouble, miss? Like, no. Did you just see all the freaks around here or all the dead bodies out on the ground? No, I'm not in any trouble. What a stupid goddamn question. And then we have a, you know, typical confession story. Her crying, saying, you know, monsters are killed all my friends yada yada and then there's a bunch of police officers listening to the recording and the main officer or police chief i think he just thinks well it's just a prank we'll just we'll deal with it in the morning when the sun comes up that's that's great police work just awesome and then natalie goes home to her big big mansion uh big house big big house probably where all the budget in this movie went to just shoot at her house anyways uh probably for budget cuts we don't actually meet her parents because apparently her parents are so rich and fancy they're out in like rome or somewhere fancy on a vacation maybe work related i'm not really too sure um but with this movie be set in the 80s and the style house and stuff they have they clearly her parents clearly have cocaine scarface money uh, because it's a massive house massive because then she goes into her backyard for a swim in the dark because you know what else would you want to do when maniacs are trying to kill you and let's just go take a swim outside in the dark this is where we clearly see her family's cocaine money coming in because this pool is massive it's fully underlit she's got a bunch of floaties and other stupid shit anyways when she's jumping into the pool um the caveman freak is literally behind her and he starts yelling and screaming at her he looks like a kind of like a discount lou ferrigno from the hulk but not nearly as big uh he's got the weird ass hair fuzzy hair and everything and he's just like screaming at her but she doesn't hear a goddamn thing uh and then she gets into one of the pool floaties and she's just laying back and relaxing and then she uh we can definitely clearly tell it's a dream sequence because blood starts to drip on her and then it literally starts to downpour blood on her and she's struggling to get out and then she wakes back up and she's like oh it's just a dream yep no shit uh if you're it's, it's raining blood you got some serious goddamn issues in san fran and then we cut to the next morning and the cops are at the crime scene and they're using like a plastic spoon to scoop up some of the slime and goo that's on the grass because um, i don't know the the freaks just leak goo i don't know if they maybe they ate the kid i don't know what happened to the bodies because apparently when the cops show up at the van to talk to her or see if she needs help by the sounds of it all the bodies are gone because the parents the whole time are wondering where the kids are this is not earnest scared stupid your kids aren't stone or wooden statues they're apparently gone and disappeared forever with no trace of bodies or anything so i have no idea what's going on and then we cut to a scene where one 
one boy's calling this younger girl. Um, I think it's actually maybe Paula, maybe not. Uh, it's, it's just a. I've just watched the movie like an hour ago, and I'm already forgetting if it's Paula or not. Uh, but yeah, he's like, uh, my dad was working the beat last night, and some girl came in, you know, saying a crazy story about monsters killing her friends, and then the whole story starts, you know, traveling around a little bit. You know, your typical high school drama bullshit. Um, then we are in the high school, and everyone looks way too old. Everyone looks way too old. At least the main characters look way too old, other than Paula. She looks like she's too young to be hanging out with the older kids. Uh, then one of the girls comes up to question Natalie, and a fight fight ensues because she's wondering where her brother is. And then Stephen goes to break it up, uh, being the, you know, I'm here to rescue you kind of guy. And she just takes off. Uh, then we see her walking home, and there's the voice of the principal in like the background being like you know with everything going on i think you should take a couple days off even though it looks like the story doesn't even take a couple days uh literally it looks like everything happens that very night at the uh the rock band battle which is just a weird thing to add into this movie it's just really weird but like i said i, I keep i keep i keep jumping ahead uh then we, sh we see her her home because she's walking up to it she lives in a gated fence area uh which is definitely showing her parents cocaine money again because this is a massive goddamn house especially for the 80s uh you gotta be a you gotta be a good drug dealer to to have that kind of thing and i'm just making that as a joke because i'm trying to bring some light to this movie because this movie needs a, a lot of love in my attention or in, in my opinion i, I mm. This movie's got me all fucked up. It's got me all fucked up. Then we see uh, these young kids in a graveyard. One of them is Paula because she's getting ready to shoot her new movie. Um, she was trying to own those vampire fangs before because she's putting them on this vampire who's in a graveyard in the middle of the day. Uh, that bitch should be melting uh, because vampires can't take the light. But what what do I know? And then we see uh, Natalie getting phone calls. Uh, she thinks it's Paula calling again because Paula has been harassing her about uh, you know questions about what happened that night. Uh, come to find out it's actually one of the parents of the missing kids. And the mom's all you know worried and stuff. And then the dad you know takes over the phone. And he's like, "Where the fuck is my kid?" And she just hangs up because she starts crying because she's like, I don't know what's going on. And then we see uh, Steve. He's being told by his sister that he has to go work for their father because she doesn't want to because she wants to go out shopping. And I guess her dad has this grocery delivery service of some sort. And Steve's all bummed out because he doesn't want to do it because he's too busy playing his guitar. Um, and then he's like, oh... He looks he's looking at the delivery form he's like oh i get to go to natalie's house it's not so bad after all he knocks on the front door and she doesn't answer because she's out you know relaxing by her massive fucking pool uh so he goes and knocks on the fence and then she finally comes and answers and then uh, next thing we know he's inside her home putting her groceries away for her and then she's like oh you know you, should, you don't have to do this he's like oh it's part of the service really you don't have to do that it's all part of the service i didn't know those these should go right into the refrigerator Perishables. Uh, would you like a soda, a beer, or something? Um, a beer. Bottom shelf on the right. Thank you. I didn't get a chance to thank you for this afternoon. Thanks. You're welcome. I guess you heard a little about what. Yeah, um, a little. Under school gossip, that kind of stuff. Does everybody think I'm a liar or cracking up? I don't know, maybe I am cracking up. I'm not even sure what I saw anymore. I don't think you're a liar and I don't think you're cracking up. I believe you. Why? Because you do. Let me get you a glass for that. What happened with the, uh, the principal? Oh, suspended until further notice. They're gonna send someone over with assignments so I can keep up. Do you, you think don't... I... <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask how my mother usually pays for this. Uh, she's not here in the... Oh, it's no problem. You see, we bill her at the end of every month. Oh, well, at least let me give you a tip. Oh, no, I couldn't take it. Oh, don't be silly. No, I couldn't. I'll tell you what, though. You could go with me to the movies tonight. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Um, one thing, though. No horror movies. You're a liar. That's not part of the service. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt she was a fat man or an old lady. You probably would not be putting those groceries away. Maybe if she was an old lady, you might be. But if it was a fat guy, you would not be putting his groceries away. You're just trying to get in her pants. I know your plan. Uh, anyways, she tries to give him a tip, and he's like, no, no, I can't accept it. But how about we go to a movie? And then she's like, all right, sure, why not? Got nothing better to do with my life. Uh, you know, other than, you know, maniacs trying to kill me. Uh, and then she's like, but we got to make sure it's not a horror movie. And then we see uh, Paula exploring around the crime scene by the bridge. Uh, she finds a pathway that looks like, kind of looks like someone's been dragged on it. Could just be how it is. I don't know. Uh, which leads to these big steel doors un underneath the bridge, which is actually the, I guess, the home for the freak. Uh, there's a bunch of dead pigeons around as well. And then this cop comes up behind her, puts his hands on her shoulders, and literally scares the shit over. He's like, you should not be down here. What are you doing? You know, taking pictures of dead pigeons? She's like, yeah, I like to take dead pigeons and press them into books. Uh, and he's just like, you know what? Just just go. Just go. I, I don't have time to deal with your shit. Just go. So uh, by the time she gets back up to where her she left her bike, uh, we actually see another officer uh, riding her pink bicycle around. Um, and he's like, is this your bike? She's like, yeah. He's like, well, you shouldn't leave it around she's like yeah i know some people might break it essentially calling the cop fat and then when she's running away she's like saying piggy piggy and that pisses the cop off because he goes he goes to grab the gun in his holster so he was going to shoot a minor just maybe possibility could have made the movie a little bit more interesting i guess and then we see one of the cops on the night shift uh he's kind of like patrolling the bridge area and uh yeah he gets killed uh he gets a rope wrapped around his throat and he's uh he's hung to death and then out of the shadows comes paula it's not her that did the killing of course she's with her camera going back to where the bridge is to try and you know videotape the the front door where the dead pigeons were found she hides in the bushes and sets up her camera facing the steel doors uh and then next thing we know we see the freaks coming out of the doorway and at one point one of the mutated freaks touches water on the ground and starts to like melt a bit that's the first time we see that he has they have a weakness to water so i don't know maybe if you just don't take a bath long enough you become a freak i don't know essentially how they become what they are because like i said they are from all various time periods by the looks of it so i don't i don't really get it and then they all and they're like, oh, he's got water damage. We're all, we're just going to go back inside now. We're not going to bother coming out tonight. So they go back inside, shut the doors, and then Paula runs off home. She runs home and puts the uh, video camera footage into her computer system to rewatch it and see what she got. Uh, couldn't find out, though. Uh, it didn't record properly because there's nothing there. So she just risked her life for nothing. Uh, good on you, Paula. I'm glad technology is still holding up today. Uh, still as shitty as it was back then. I'm kidding. It's a lot better than it was back then. But it still breaks down pretty often. And then we see uh, Natalie and Steve waiting for the subway train. Uh, Natalie thinks of the side, like the corner of her eye, she saw some feathers, which she actually did because the native freak is actually following them. Uh, not sure how they know where they are all the time. I really don't know. 
I don't know if they can smell them, if they got like a GPS system built into their brain. I don't know, but they have no problem finding them. But yeah, they uh, they see the freaks coming at them down further in the subway subway area. So they hop in the train that stops, and then they think they're kind of safe. But obviously, the, the freaks get on the train with them as well. And there's no one else on this subway train at all. No one other than the engineer who quickly dies, and then the freaks take over. Like a Robocop-looking freak guy takes over, and he's just like kind of headbanging and bobbing out to... Know, just speeding down the tracks you know if that makes you happy then you know live your best life uh then the freaks are steve sees the freaks coming through the other train cars so they start running the opposite direction uh he tries to use his i think his belt to like lock the doors together um but on the other side of that door there's another freak waiting for them and then they have a little you know a little tussle at this point we can definitely see there's an indian a caveman and a samurai and there's probably a joke of them walking into a bar but i really don't know the joke and i don't care to even look up for reference to see if there is a joke pertaining to that because it's not going to make this movie any better um it's a it's an average movie the only thing saving it is really the effect because they do have nice effect for what it is i'm not going to say nice effects because they're not super nice but for what for what the movie is they have cool looking prosthetics and facial sculptures uh, but anyways, Steve and Paula, not Steve and Paula, Steve and Natalie are able to get off the train, the subway train, and they run to the nearest bus stop. They hop on the bus, and for a reason, they, no one else is on the bus either. This town's really fucking dead. Anyways, um, they're sitting on the bus, and of course, Steve decides, hey, I'm going to sit in front of the open window. Anyways, uh, as he's doing that, the native one uh jumps up on the side bus and is like is trying to choke him out uh but his arm falls off because he gets like water on it i think he gets water on it or something happens his arm falls off and it's kind of like smoking a bit and the bus driver doesn't pay attention or notices at all um and then steve goes to pick up the decapitated forearm and to throw it out the window because we don't want any decapitated forearms on our bus ride uh the hand comes back alive and starts like grabbing on his fingers but he finally gets it out of the window and it lands in front of this homeless guy and the homeless guy's like man we really gotta move out this neighborhood uh good i'll give that that's that's kind of some good comedy points and then the bus driver is also like hey kids no smoking on the bus because you could smell the burning smoke of the decapitated forearm because it was smoking that's why i assume it had water on it and then we see the i believe his name is Devin, the police chief or sergeant uh, he calls one of his fellow officers and says that he wants uh natalie to be followed and because he thinks she's the link they, they say the link and i don't know the link between what but uh other than if they're just saying the link between the kids missing anyways and then he just tells the other officer go back to bed like you probably called me at like three o'clock in the morning just to say that you couldn't wait till nine o'clock or eight o'clock you know something reasonable you called me at the middle of the night just to say hey tomorrow let's have her followed and then we see uh, paula fast asleep at her home and that's when uh one of the freaks just literally starts walking in her home and up the stairs and she fights him off with a cross a squirt gun and a bucket of water that she holds on her knee for bed i, I get that she saw that the freak acted to the water earlier when she's recording but to have that stuff ready on the whim that you know the freaks are going to come into your house a little weird anyways the freak uh, stumbles back into the bathtub and then she turns on the taps and it just melts away with the water the next morning paula shows up at nally's uh front door to talk to them about the them that's what she calls them uh nally slams the door in her face and then when paula mentions that she's seen them as well they finally open the door and then they start to talk that's when uh, steve gets 
in his delivery van and they're driving around trying to figure out what to do and somehow he mentions like oh there's the battle of the bands tonight uh, that's where all the kids will be so maybe we'll get a, as many water guns into the crowd's hands as possible that way when they do try to attack us we'll all just go pew 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 with our water guns and that'll be it for them and then we have the battle of the bands setting up uh steve's band is pretty much like a bunch of elvis characters where the other band that he's going up against looks like a discount steel panther um it's weird um steve's band sounds okay and i don't know if it's steve actually singing but he sounds okay he sounds decent when the other band starts singing though my ears start to bleed uh i don't recommend listening to that other band uh they're not bad, but the guitar riffs and that voice, oh boy, nails on a chalkboard. But then we see the freaks coming out of their home under the bridge because they're apparently kind of like trolls. Uh, and they're on the hunt for the kids again, but they're not really on a hunt because they exactly know where to go. I don't know if they saw me battle the bands fly around or, or what, but I don't got a goddamn idea how they figure it out every time. And then we'll out the battle of the bands after Steve's band gets done uh, recording or playing. The lights go out and everyone starts you know flickering their lighters so they can see and then the steel panthers discount band the lights come on they start rocking out and that's when my ears officially start to bleed and i'm really starting to second guess my uh reasoning for picking this movie i didn't even watch a trailer before before picking this movie i just picked it on a whim um go me i guess and then we see the cops are out watching the school. They're literally watching the front door. They're not watching anything else. They're watching this front door because they're like, you know, if there's someone out there trying to kill these kids, they're definitely going to go through that front door. They're not going to use the side door. They're not going to break through the windows. They're not going to do any of that shit. They're going to walk through that front door because that's what they're going to do. No, they're not, you dumbass. Anyways, at this point, we see the shadow figures of the freaks walking down the sidewalk. And there's probably like 10 of them now. And I have no idea how or why. Uh, they start breaking through the windows, though. Uh, clearly, the cops aren't paying attention because they don't hear the glass breaking and at one point there's actually a security guard inside he's watching baseball i think uh he doesn't hear the glass breaking at all he doesn't hear this freak stumbling up to him uh this is the time first time we see the doctor freak who literally gets chloroform and puts it on the security guard's mouth to knock him out and then he literally starts operating on him and rips out his heart this movie's weird i guess it could grow on yeah it's just i wish they uh i don't know why they got the freaks with so many different different uh characteristics and then this biker freak uh bursts through the front door and literally takes a chain wraps around a kid's throat and drags him off um then we see steve's band playing slow music and the freaks start making their way through through the the crowd of people because of this band battle of the bands also seems to happen around halloween because everyone else is is in costumes i don't fucking know because why because uh, around when they're outside nothing looks like halloween it just looks like a normal uh normal night but i guess whatever works and uh at this point i would like to also mention the cops still don't hear a goddamn thing they hear the glass breaking they hear the bike their motorcycle going through a door nothing at all uh paula notices the freaks are cutting cutting through while the music is playing um and she tries to get everyone's attention but no one really hears her and then um steve is finally you know cutting the band off to try and warn everyone you know to get their water guns ready to shoot at them and he doesn't make it in time because this other freak walks in the front door of the gym with an assault rifle and starts shooting everyone up it's at this point in time that the cops finally then hear the commotion of everyone yelling and screaming this um these cops, not not the smartest characters ever. Then we see this crossbow freak. Uh, he shoots a girl in the back of the head as she's trying to run away. Pretty, pretty good scene for what the movie is. Uh, Steve is then, you know, telling everyone, you know, stop running and screaming. Just grab your water guns and start shooting. Uh, they're not listening, though, because they're, they're just trying to save their ass, which rightfully so, I would probably be trying to deal with the same thing. 
then Paula literally grabs the fire hose out of the, the warning area or safety glass and starts watering down the freaks. And she hits one freak right in the head. His head just pops off. It just takes two seconds of the water hitting and the head just clearly pops right off. Not a great shot. Not a great, not, not really well done but we see the water hit the head and then the head just falls backwards like it's hold on a wire and then steve and nally for a reason they just decide to dip out and steve's like all right maybe it's nally she's like well what about paula and they're like no nah, no nah, she's fine don't worry about it she's fine you know she's probably like six years younger than you uh but she's got more balls than you and she's you know holding her own so i guess she will be fine uh for what reason um steve and the Natalie think the safest spot to go is the principal's office, but they run there and the door's locked. So they then hide in the chemistry class and the freak's looking around for them, but can't find them. And then Steve did the, you know, touching, I won't let anything happen to you. I care about you too much. And then they start literally making out on the floor while there's a lasso freak outside in the hallway punching lockers. But, you know, they're just going to get it on on the chemistry floor because why not? We'll probably die soon anyways, right? And then we see Paula standing outside the, the school with a doors wide open and everyone else is gone it's dead out no music no sounds other than the sound of the cop sirens coming in the distance and then we see a, a group of angry parents at the police station asking for answers as to where their all their kids are because now it's up to like 50 kids missing we then see paul and Allie and steve talking to the police chief and he's laughing at them trying to say that monsters are living inside the Golden Great Bridge and then he calls out the mayor and then next thing we know we see a bunch of cops and firefighters heading to the big steel doors underneath the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, they're getting ready to storm the area they open the doors and start heading in to inspect the area while inside they decide to spread out to cover more ground because that's always a good idea which I, I liked in this part they do that they spread out a little bit but no one actually gets picked off so that's the first uh, that's original uh, they are then leaving because they didn't find anything and please She's pretty much laughing in Steve's face and she's just like, you know what, you guys go home. There's nothing here to see. We're going to wrap up these fire hoses and head out. But the chief decides to go back inside after everyone else is by the sounds of it gone. And then there's vehicles inside this area as well. They're kind of like service vehicles. One looks like a, a truck. There's a bunch of branches in it. And then one looks like an old ambulance. And he sees like a light flashing inside the back of the old ambulance. So he opens it up, gets like a, a big puff of smoke and stuff in the face. And it's this one-eyed dinosaur creature that has like a hook on his hand and he literally hooks the police chief in the throat and rips him into the van and then next thing we know we see the three kids nally steve and paula driving off and steve's like you still got your water gun right and then paula's like yeah he's like all right keep it because the rain's not gonna hold up all night and that's the end of the movie it's a weird one it really is it's uh like i said it's got some decent um makeup effect some of the kills aren't that great um it's very dark movie which actually helped with probably the effects because i'm sure everything's not fully finished off um the story's all over the place though i the the freaks being all like a different culture different time period and all that uh it really throws it off because like it's, by the looks of it we have an indian we have a robocop looking guy we have um a caveman we have like a western guy with a lasso we have this guy with a harpoon gun we had a the army guy we have the doctor uh it looked like there was a mummy coming out of the building at one point like at the gates it's just really weird i don't know why i, I honestly don't know why they did that and like i said at the beginning of this i would have liked if more time was put into steve's character um just because he's kind of like the comedy guy and he seemed like the better actor of the of the three uh paula is good her character is good um they like the movie director and film you know film 
critic kind of person who wants to make horror movies. Um, she's the one that actually finds the the way to beat them. And the fact that they're beat by water doesn't make sense either. I really, I really don't understand what would make them all weak against water because they're all kind of different. I just wish the story was flushed out a little bit more, a little bit more cohesive details to bring it all together. I think if it would be, it would be a better movie. Um, right now though, on the rotten scales out of five, I'm going to give it a two. Um, I contemplate doing a one and a half, but I think there are some, some redeeming things here. Um, the makeup is okay. Uh, there's some little story uh, lines here and there that gave me a little bit of a chuckle. Um, the battle dance thing was pretty good. I just wish there was more build up to it. And yeah, it could be a much better movie. It's not the worst movie by any means. Uh, I've seen much, much worse. And we'll probably talk about much, much worse movies than this one. Um, big thing though is like it's called Neon Maniacs. And all these guys, there's no neon colors in them. They're all pastel. They're all dull pinks and, you know, skin tones. There's nothing neon about them. So why the why is it called Neon Maniacs? I don't know. If you guys know, let me know. Is that something like San Fran area? Air, like, I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know why it's called Neon Maniacs. Sure. Why Neon, though? I don't know. Um, anyways, which brings us to our next movie we're going to watch, which is another movie that you can watch on Tubi. Because I'm just making this easier on me. You know, there's a ton of free movies on Tubi. Uh, I'll go to Amazon Prime at some point to watch a few movies. Maybe Netflix for watch a few. I think uh, Disney Plus now has a few because of all their various things that they own. Um, so yeah, we'll just make it easier for me um, than pulling up movies out of my collection or trying to stream movies in other various sites that might not be 100% you know effective. But yeah, the movie we're gonna watch is from 1989. Uh, it's The Intruder. Uh, it's a movie based around, I believe, it's another movie I have. A haven't watched but i read quickly what the description was and it's like a, a crazy psychopath uh in a grocery store killing people why not you know we just watched a show about neon maniacs where they're not neon and they're all from different time periods so what what could go wrong uh but yeah if you guys enjoy it make sure to leave a like a comment uh feel free to share it uh follow me on all socials at hyphenstein uh check me out on twitter instagram facebook and youtube being the, the main ones uh, I got three videos coming out a week on YouTube, and uh, yeah, we're just staying active and doing a bunch of stuff, uh, creating a bunch of content, and hopefully you guys all enjoy it. So until next time, I'll talk to you guys all later. Peace! Cause I've been